This week on Breaking Bowling, we may be clowning around, but we're serious when it comes to bowling. So we're going to hit that music and get started. This week, we have an award-winning humanitarian clown who travels the world with a Nobel Peace Prize nominee, Patch Adams. And if you're not familiar with the movie Patch Adams, I recommend you go watch it. He's also the founder and lead clown missionary at Clowns on a Mission, a humanitarian initiative to spread love, offer peace, inspire hope, and bring visibility to those who feel forgotten and bullied. Please welcome Bullseye the Clown. Bullseye, thanks Yay! for coming. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. This is great. I'm, I'm really impressed you get to work with Patch, the real Patch Adams. That, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even, at first, I didn't even know he was still alive. I, after I saw the movie, I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was like a real person. Um, until I started doing some kind of research on him to find out what, what he was really like. And so I was like, oh, wow, he's really real. Bullseye, what made you want to be a clown? <laughs> Honestly, if you had told me that I was going to be a clown uh, when I was 47 years old, I would have told you you were crazy. Actually, my, my father passed away in 2018. Uh, and at that time, I was 47. And as you mentioned, I watched the movie Patch Adams. And then as I was kind of Going onto his website, I found that, oh, wow, he is a real person and he does these clown tours. And my dad was not a traveler. He stayed around Ohio his whole life, never really traveled anywhere, never been on an airplane his whole life. And so he left me like a little bit of money. And so I thought, you know what? I didn't want to just pay a bill with the money that he left. So I thought I'm going to do something just off the wall. And so I decided to sign up for a Patch Adams tour. Uh, I had never been a clown before. I was a stand-up comic um, for 10 years. And so I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll write to Patch Adams and see if I can do this tour. He may say I'm not even qualified to be a clown. I don't know how you qualify, but- Is there a clown college? There actually, well, there used to be. There used to be like the Barnum and Bailey uh, Clown College. And there are places like clown camps. Uh, there's, there are clown camps all over the United States so that you can go into train and to learn to juggle and to do magic and things like that. But I hadn't learned any of that yet. So I wrote to Patch Adams and he said, oh, yeah, come and join us on this tour. So this was a 14 day tour to Russia. So before I knew it, here I was in the middle of Russia with 37 clowns <laughs> going into like children's hospitals and orphanages and drug rehab centers. And were you all in a Volkswagen Beetle? <laughs> exactly. No, we had a we had a long bus, but yeah, uh, it would have been funny if we all could have fit into the a little bug and <laughs> drove up to each place, and all of a sudden we just all start all started popping out. Um, but yeah, that was um, that was quite the experience. I wasn't really expecting to to clown again after that. It was just one of those things. But I just saw like the, the power and the um, the effect that clowning had on the people that we clowned with, you know, like the, the people who were in the hospitals and the little kids in the burn units and stuff. And I just saw how, you know, their face lit up, even though they were like in the midst of like a lot of pain. And, and then, of course, you know, I had been bullied um, as a child and even into adulthood, I was bullied some. And, and so I had like a lot of anger going into this trip. You know, I was my dad had just died and I was dealing with all this bullying stuff. And what I found out like when I came home after being happy uh, for 14 straight days, all that like angst and anger and all that stuff that I had for all these people who were mean to me, like in years past, all that stuff was just kind of gone. And so it just became like, it became like a little high. It became like, oh, okay, well, yes, I'm doing great things for other people. But at the same time, this thing is kind of 
uh, helping me process all of the bad things that have happened to me in my life. And so that's why I continued to do it because I thought, oh, well, I got to figure out a way to continue doing this once I'm home. What type of bullying did you experience? Uh, you know, at, at school, it was, uh, it was you know, being pushed into lockers and called names and tripped. And, uh, you know, back in those days, we didn't have the Internet. So, <laughs> you know, if the, if the bullies wanted to bully you, they had to make house calls. They had to show up at your house, grab your underwear, run it up the flagpole. <laughs> you know, we didn't have like Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Um, so, so it was that kind of stuff. But then I also, my parents divorced when I was really young. I went to live with my mother and my stepfather. And my stepfather was an alcoholic who was abusive. So, um, you know, he, he would hit us with the belt if we didn't do the dishes or I didn't make my bed or or whatever it happened to be. So I was always trying to navigate the bullies at school. And then you would come home and have to navigate him and hope that he yeah. passed out. <laughs> you know, you know, just here, here, have another beer, pass out so that you leave me alone. <laughs> that, that kind of thing, you know. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much uh, that was kind of the extent of it. Bullying was kind of a thing back then. I mean, it's always been a thing, but it didn't really have the term bullying. You know, it's just, oh, that's just Timmy. He'll grow out of it. You know, you know, don't worry about it. And so the teachers weren't really aware of it like they are today. But of course, you know, even today, sometimes this it overwhelms the teachers, too, and they still don't know what to do with the process. But back then, it was just kind of like I had to learn how to navigate this myself. They always say, you know, oh, tell somebody you're being bullied. Well, as a kid, I didn't want to tell my parents I was being bullied because, I mean, I guess I had this warped sense of, well, if I tell my parents that nobody at school likes me, then they're going to think that there's something wrong with the way they raised me or they're going to think there's something wrong with them. And so I just kind of kept quiet and figured out, okay, I just need to figure out how to avoid these people <laughs> or figure out how to fight back or do something, whatever it happened to be. And so I just kind of trial and error started doing things that I tried to avoid as many of those. I hadn't really processed any of that bullying stuff. Like whenever I was a kid, whenever I went to college, none of that. So uh, I never really dealt with any of it. You held it in for over 30 some years. Yeah. So it just kind of, and it was interesting because, you know, um, I'm also one of those people, I don't know, when you've been bullied, sometimes you, you try to become invisible to other people. You're like, if nobody sees me, then they're not going to bully me. And so I lived my whole life kind of trying to hide from people and trying to not be noticed. And so it was quite the culture shock when you go into another country that you've never been to. Nobody speaks English hardly. And then at the same time, everybody sees you everywhere you go because we were never out of costume. So everywhere we went, people were, oh my gosh, there's a clown. You know, you know they were all like running over to us. And, and so somebody who's tried to be invisible his whole life all of a sudden, everybody sees you everywhere you go. It was quite overwhelming that first week. So um, at the end of the first week, we had what was called the therapy session. And that was like our chance to get all these emotions out that we were we were all feeling from so many things happening to us. <laughs> you know, um, I wasn't the only one. There was there was a few other clowns there who were freaked out by yeah. being so noticed all the time, too. Did that nervousness affect your performance? Um, Probably. I mean, I was I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, I really wish I had like had gone to like a clown camp or a clown school or knew how to juggle or do a balloon animal. I I knew nothing. He said, "Oh, just grab some uh, costumes and come on." And um, luckily, there were clowns there who had been on trips before, and so he would kind of try to pair us up. Hey, you know, so and so has been on seventeen trips, so why don't you you know go into this hospital room with him uh, for a little while <laughs> and kind of watch what he does? And and so I mean, you just kind of worked your way through it. So when you say he was telling you to do this, was that, that was Patch Adams, correct? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patch was on the trip with us, and then like I said, thirty-seven other clowns, and the clowns come from all over. So I mean, I was from the United States. I had never been out of the United States by that point. Um, so that was kind of a freaky thing all in itself. How did Bullseye become the anti-bullying clown? Uh, well, the way I look at it is, I I figure. I became a class clown. So, I mean, I guess in a way I was a clown, like even way before I became a real clown. Um, and so I figured, you know what? It was the bullies that made me become a class clown. So it's only fitting that a bully should be, or a, a clown should be a, a person to combat bullying. So I figured it's just, it's just a way to take back my authority over, <laughs> over the people who bullied me. Um, because that's kind of what I did as a kid. You know, I would crack jokes when the bullies would come by or I would flop on the floor and play dead or I would scream fire or I would run down the, the hallway screaming something um, just to draw attention to the fact that I was being bullied. Of course, most of the time the teacher would come out and think that I was the nutty one. Wait, what does the matter with you? <laughs> you know, why are you acting like this? <laughs> well, because so so now just go back, go, go to your homeroom and be... And so it was just kind of like, I tried to, I tried to be funny and I tried to draw attention to myself. Did it work? Um, most of the time it did, depending on where we were. Of course, if there's nobody around, then it's not going to work. But for the most part, you know, I mean, it got to the point by the time I started high school, they were like, leave that kid alone. That kid is nuts. He's messed up. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, 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 he screams fire, pulls fire drills, uh, slams locker doors, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, whatever. I mean, I would just do whatever, you know bop on the floor, you know, whatever it took to get away, just enough to distract them. It did work. And everybody says, well, do you recommend that? I'm like, well, why not? You know, I mean, it worked for me. I mean, I can't guarantee it's going to work for everybody. And depending on what kind of distraction you're causing. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember when I was bullied, I was the opposite. I was the shy kid. I just didn't want people to look at me, period. Yeah, for the most part, I was. I, I really was shy. I mean, and I know people, even now I'm shy. I really don't. Uh, even though I'm a clown uh, and I dress like this all the time, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily enjoy um, making a spectacle of myself all the time, but it just became like a way to counteract them. Were you ever cyberbullied at all? Usually every day, uh, even now, I mean, even as an adult, yeah, there's always somebody saying something negative online. I learned very quickly uh, how to navigate that cyberbullying. I, first of all, there's certain platforms I won't go on. Um, and I hate to say it, um, Twitter. <laughs> so, so don't sue me, Elon. <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't sue me, Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> but I don't go into Twitter because I think Twitter is probably the worst. Um, the cyberbullying is the worst on there. And the reason being, you can't really control it unless you're always like delete, 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 delete. At least with like Facebook, I can go onto somebody's profile. Like when they say friend requests and then wow. they want to be my friend on Facebook. I can go and I can look at their profile and, and I do, I mean, and I'll scroll for like a long ways on their profile. If I don't like what I see on their profile, I, I, I hit delete and I block them. I, I don't want them on my feed. If they're being mean on their own feed, then they're going to be mean on my feed. And so I just don't want any of that. I've deleted people as friends off my Facebook. I've deleted comments, but for the most part, I want it to be an uplifting experience. When you come to my Facebook page, I don't want you to go, oh my gosh, I, that was the most depressing Facebook yeah. page I've ever been on. So I police it very well. If there's comments I don't like, I delete them. And I try to interact because somebody really makes a bad comment. I'll try to make like a nice comment first, you know, I'll, thank you for replying, you know, to my message. Although you said it in a very negative way, I, I appreciate the fact that you took the time, you know, so I try to be like very pleasant. And, and if they still come back with like really nasty stuff, then I just delete them. 
Um, I, I don't really want to get into like this big involved process of talking to them. Is this your Bullseye the Clown account or is this your personal account? Well, uh, there I, I kind of have a lot of things wrapped up together. So I, I do have like a Bullseye, uh, Bullseye the Clown account. And then I have my own account, but I do like a lot of clown stuff on there. So most of the people who know me okay. um, are, on, are on my actual uh, Facebook page as well. What type of things are people typing in there to be mean to a clown? Because first of all, <laughs> how can you be mean to a clown? That doesn't make any sense. Well, sometimes if people are, they, they say, they give me the thing that they're afraid of clowns. And so that's usually kind of how it starts or, or it's something about, oh, I saw the movie it. And, you know, and so it kind of starts off with the whole horror clowns and that kind of thing. That's kind of how some of it starts. So they're afraid of clowns, but yet they're going to talk to a clown online. Yeah. I, I hate your makeup. Take your makeup off. Whatever. Yeah. Just crazy. stuff. So, so it's just like, you know what, for the, I mean, luckily I've gotten to the point now um, by policing it that very seldom do. Do I get any negative comments? I mean, I don't mind negative comments. Like, you know, if somebody's criticizing, hey, look, I don't like the shirt you're wearing. Okay, well, what don't you like about it? That, you know, that we can kind of talk about. But if it's just something, you know, like wanting to call me a name, you know, you're a doofus. Well, yeah, most clowns are. So, okay. <laughs> that, thank you. Thank you for your uh, honesty, you know. So I, I always try to say something positive, you know, even though they're, and that's kind of what I try to tell people is if, if somebody's trying to bully you online, try to say something positive. Well, like, thank you for posting or thank you for responding to my post. However, I said, but I always make sure I get my dig in too. You know, I think your, you know, I think your post was way off base or whatever you want to say. And then I close it with, but um, feel free to post again. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I try to, I try to make like a good comment, say what I want to say, and then say another good comment. And it kind of sandwiches it between them. But like I said, rarely do anymore do I have to, to deal with uh, a lot of negative comments because I, I kind of police my own accounts very, very well. When you reply back to them, does that usually work? Do they interact with you some more or do they just leave you alone? Uh, no, usually they, they, they get ticked off because they, they do catch the, the comment that I made in between the two nice <laughs> comments or, or whatever I say, you know, thank you for posting. Well, I wasn't posting on your page to be nice, but I said, I know, <laughs> you know, and so <laughs> so, so after a while, I do kind of have to to cut it off. You know, sometimes I would just block them and then just delete the comments. I mean, I might leave, I'll leave my original post up, whatever that happened to be. You know, I try to engage them somewhat because I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I wrote a book on bullying. And while I was writing the book, one of the bullies that used to bully me actually sent me a Facebook um, a message on Messenger. And he was going through a 12-step program. And so one of the 12 steps is to make amends to people that you've wronged. And so he felt the need to contact me to tell me why he bullied me and to, to ask for, I don't, not necessarily my forgiveness, but just is to, to try to make amends. And and so I actually put that letter in the book. And so, you know, so I, I didn't want to shut him down. I mean, I kept asking him questions, you know, because I was curious, you know, now that I'm, you know, 50 years old, it's like, you know, okay, uh, I'm, I'm grown enough, up enough to, to take the answers and to figure out what was going on. So it was just kind of neat to kind of really kind of get to the bottom of why, why he was bullying me. And why did he? Um, okay. So he was like a kind of a mixed race. Um, so he was, and so a lot of people bullied him. So he liked to fit in with like the, the jocks and the, the tough guys. And so in order for them not to bully him, he would bully other people um, just so that he wouldn't get bullied. It was survival. Yeah. So for him, it was survival as well. Um, it was kind of like, you know what, I'm going to bully this kid because I can, and it'll make me look tough to my friends. 
And then it'll also keep those were his friends, you know, uh, but it'll, it'll also keep them from then turning on me. So it was kind of like a cycle, you know, I, and you know, I, but it was good to kind of get to the bottom of it. And I, you know, and I, so I wanted to know, well, have you grown out of that? No, not really. He said, so he, he tends to get a job where he works by himself. Uh, he doesn't have really any other coworkers around him. And so he really lives kind of like a really isolated life. I mean, he was married and then that didn't work out and, you know, and so it's just really interesting to see that some of the people who become bullies really don't grow out of that. And they tend to, it's, it's ironic that they tend to live sometimes isolated lives as some people who have been bullied also tend to live isolated lives because they don't want to let anybody in or afraid that they'll get bullied by somebody else. As a society, do you feel like we are doing enough to combat bullying? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think we are. What do we need to work on? Um, well, and I think it starts at schools. I, I really don't think the schools are doing enough. I mean, I, I know that they're aware, but at the same time, you know, growing up, it was always, you know, you tell somebody you're being bullied and the bullying will stop. Well, I'm a firm believer that that is not the case, that you tell somebody you're being bullied. Uh, one, you tell somebody you're being bullied and that's going to really fire up the bully and it may even actually get worse before it gets better. But then at the same time, okay, the person that I tell, they have to be able to cope with it and they have to be able to do something about it. So say if you're telling like a teacher or a guidance counselor or a principal, if they don't follow up and they don't do anything with it, then it just kind of dies right where you told them and nothing gets done. And then they just kind of push the blame and shift the blame around to, you know, oh, oh yeah, I forgot that they did tell me that, but I just thought that they were, this, those two were just not getting along and that they would work it out. I recently saw, a, it was a documentary, I think it was on Facebook about bullying. And there was a scene where the two kids were fighting and then the the teacher made the the kid who was being bullied apologize to the bully. And I was, that, that just frustrated me so much. I'm like, are you just not getting it? You're not getting what this kid is going through and you're not getting what this kid's trying to tell you. And here you are trying to make this kid apologize to the kid who's beating him up. That doesn't make sense, no. <laughs> you know? And so I just wanted to like, like climb through that, uh, that screen and just shake that teacher say that you're not getting it <laughs> you know but no i don't think we're doing enough um and i don't know how you really legislate something like that you know we have cell phones you know that's something we did not have a lot back uh when we were growing up and so i always tell people you know you got a you got a body cam with you all the time so you at least can get proof on your yeah. phone that something is happening, whether it's you turn on the recorder or you turn on the video and you can get video. And I'm a firm believer. I, some people disagree with me on this one, um, but I'm a firm believer. You know, you post it. If, if, if you, somebody's bullying you, post it online because that seems to neutralize the bully pretty darn quick when they, when their family and their friends see how they behave in public or how they behave at school or how they believe, behave like at college when they see it in a video online where other people are commenting on it, that kind of stops it for a while. You know, I hate that phrase that most people say this. I just saw it the other day um, by somebody. <laughs> it was somebody, some guy who had gone on a tirade and then the comment was made and he says, I really apologize for flying off the handle. That is not in my character and that is not who I am. And I'm thinking that is exactly who you are or you wouldn't have done it. You know, so, I mean, I think that nobody, nobody wants to take responsibility for their actions or for their role in something. I don't know what the answer is other than, you know, the bully needs to kind of take control of their own existence, I guess, or the, the bullied person. That's kind of what I did. I mean, I kind of just navigated it myself. 
um, and tried to minimize as much damage as I could as a kid. And even as an adult, I like when my stepdad would come into my room and he was mad about something, I usually would lock my door and then I would open up my window and I would hide under the bed. And then he would come in, see the open window and assume that I ran out the window. Um, and so he would go looking for me outside. And so that I just learned <laughs> little, little hacks like that. that would get them, you know, out of the way for a while. And then by the time he yeah. sobered up and he was like, what am I doing outside? You know, <laughs> why am I out here? Um, by that point, you know, then the whole thing had blown over. I learned how to navigate. And it's unfortunate that we don't have advocates um, around uh, who will advocate for us or who advocate for the bullied people. Um, so sometimes we just kind of have to take matters into our own hands and kind of do it for ourselves for a while until they get the other people to catch up. The problem is, though, when a kid takes it in their own hands, they could end up doing the wrong thing, like hurting themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or, or vice versa. You know, we see all these, we see all these mass shootings, and so it could go that way too. You know, um, so it's just kind of knowing yeah. the right way to handle the situation. But that, that's why I feel like we're not doing enough in our schools. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if like any of these kids have actually gone to like a teacher to say, hey this is what's happening or gone to the principal say, this is what's happening and nothing is getting done. Or if they're just kind of keeping it inside until it boils over. I mean, I really think that there should be some kind of a course taught of some kind in school um, so that people could learn more about bullying or, or have more bullying um, like seminars and things brought into schools to make it more visible, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. And they need to start that at a young age, like second, yeah. third grade mm -hmm. when the bullying starts starting to ramp up. It's really hard to change the culture, especially when the kids and a freshman, very, very tough to work with those kids. Easier to get them when they're younger and start building that generation up at a young age. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I was substitute taught uh, for a year. I substitute taught and I had to teach kindergarten one time. And some of those kids were like the worst behaved kids I <laughs> you never seen them like you need to start like way back then almost just to make sure, you know, you're not my boss, that kind of thing. I mean, I was like, okay, <laughs> the substitute teaching was not my gig. So I, I, I learned that out very, very quickly. What's sad with those kids, those kids' home lives most likely suck. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and honestly, you know, because people say, well, why do you think people bully? And I really think people learn it at home. And I think that bullying is their outlet. You know, I think they're getting either bullied or mistreated at home. And so when they go into school, they act out because they can, because they, they found somebody who is weaker than them. You know, they have to listen to what their parents say um, or follow what their parents do at home. And so this is their chance to take control of the situation while they're at school. They're like, they might be the bigger kid and they're after the little kid. And so that's their way of um, expressing all the stuff that's pent up inside them as well. It's yeah. just, it's just not the most productive use of their, their time and energy. Yeah. What is one thing you want to see the schools change to combat bullying? For me, I really would just like them to to take the bully the bullied kid seriously when the bullied kid goes up to to tell them something, you know. And no, it is not. I I really don't think it's a good idea to pull the bullied kid and the bully into the same room and talk to them together. I they don't think that that is uh, going to solve the problem, you know. I think that the, you know if I really don't think somebody. Uh, is going to lie and say, oh, so-and-so is bullying me and I want you to kick them out of school. I mean, I really don't think anybody's going to lie about that. I mean, but their whole thing is, let's just try to get along. 
And then they try to bring you both of you together yeah. in the same room and they try to get you to work it out and shake hands and all that malarkey. <laughs> uh, and I just don't think that that is the right way to do it. There, there needs to be some type of punishment or repercussion or something in order to kind of shake them out of what it is that they're going through. So even if it's like a, a school, sometimes a three-day suspension, that's like a vacation. That's like, woohoo! <laughs> you know, maybe detention for maybe detention for three days. <laughs> when you say you want the schools to take it seriously, really what you want the schools to do is just listen to the kid and investigate that side. Okay, let me go look at, let me go talk to the other kid and let's get down to it. Why is that hard to do? Yeah. You know, and were there, was there anybody else with you? So did, did anybody else see this kid bully you? Okay, let me pull those two kids aside. Let's Look at talk. the cameras. Schools have cameras these days. Yeah, well, yeah. And that's something else we didn't have back in our day. <laughs> you know, we didn't have the cell phones. We didn't have the cameras. We didn't have any of that stuff. So what are we all stayed alive back then? I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, but we, it wasn't quite that bad. I mean, I would not want to be a kid today, honestly, going to school. Uh, school's a lot worse uh, now, I think, than definitely whenever I was going to school. You think, though, there's probably one universal tool a kid can use to overcome bullying, or is it really just down to whatever your situation is? No, for me, it was, you know, if I had to pick, I would say if you have friends, travel around with them. You know, um, a bully is less likely to going to pounce on you if they have to fight four of your friends with them. Unfortunately, <laughs> if you're a kid who's bullied a lot, a lot of times you don't have friends. So uh, that's, that's the other kicker is that, you know, so what do you do? Yeah. So, so that's, that's the instance where I just, what I call is remapping. I kind of reroute what it is that I'm doing for the day. And then I just started, one of the other things that I did was I would start to pre-plan. Like if I knew that a bully was going to say a certain thing, like if the bully was just a mouthy person and I would pre-plan things that I was going to say in return. I'm like, okay, because they say the same thing all the time. They call you the same names. And they and I, and I did this a lot whenever I did stand-up comedy. It was like they, they told us always back from the beginning, write jokes about like if somebody stands up and shouts, you suck, that you know, this, so you write down a specific response to that. You know, if somebody drops a tray or somebody throws something at you, always write, like have a response in your back pocket that you can um, say, and I, I recommend that even for kids who are bullied a lot, you know, bullies are very unoriginal most of the time. <laughs> so a lot of times yeah. you can just pre-script a response. I mean, I would even go and watch like movies of like, um, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger or, or uh, Sylvester Stallone. And I, I mean, I would just kind of watch the way they walked and the things that they said. And then I would kind of, you know, sometimes I would try to walk that way. I mean, I felt stupid because I'm like this little yeah. This little skinny kid, I'm like, whenever I would walk with my head down looking at a book or something, um, that's when they would usually pounce, you know. I So I think part of it is, too, your posture yeah. and just making sure that you're looking around and um, being aware of what's around you. They're less likely to pounce if they know that you're watching them and you're ready for it. Going back to having phrases, as a stand-up comic, have you experienced people yelling to you on stage, you suck? And if you have, what was your <laughs> best response? Um, I have. I it was really interesting. There was one time in West, it was in West Virginia. <laughs> so they started shouting at me and it was right in the middle of my show. And before I could even say anything, I was ready with a response. I had other people in the crowd who started yelling at the people who were yelling at me. So they were telling them to shut up because they were enjoying the show. And then, so it ended up like with a fight, but a typical response, I would just try to be really, I tried to be polite. Even back then I would, I, you know, I would say something like, well, if you don't like this show, if you be quiet, um, I'll do it at normal speed. 
if you hate this show really much and you keep you keep yelling at me, I'm going to do this show 10 times slower. And it's going to take us 10 times longer to get through it. You got it. You know, <laughs> and then I was just like, as I was, um, but for the most part, that was kind of like a really bizarre uh, show in West Virginia when they all started like fighting amongst, amongst each other. I feel like for a kid to do that, in my opinion, it might make things worse. Let's just say a kid came up to me and says, you smell. I'd be like, well, I smell like your mom. <laughs> you know, I throw it back. Like, you know, the your mama jokes back we had back when we were younger. Yeah. I feel like that was what got me a black eye. Well, a lot of times though, what we do is we, I, I would have people tend to agree with them. So like, so say if they would say, you know, you smell, I say, why, thank you. You know, <laughs> that's my, you know, that's my Thursday deodorant, you know, or, or whatever, you know, I find it, find a witty way of responding to them that doesn't put them down as well. And don't call them a name in return. There was a little girl that I talked to whenever I was writing this book. And, and she said that that's what she does. Like a and people say, oh, that dress is ugly. Oh, I know this dress is ugly. My mother makes me wear this all the time. I hate this dress. You know, things like that. And so then it frustrates like the bully after a while because they're like, no matter what they say to her, oh my God, your hair is a mess. Did you wash your hair? No, I don't wash my hair. I never wash my, you know. And so then when they know that they can't get her upset and that she agrees with everything that they say, it gets them to the point where they're frustrated. They're just like, oh, heck with her. We're going to, we're just bully somebody else because she's no fun. Because really the, really what the bully wants is they want, they want to get a response from you. And when you, when you don't offer the response that they're wanting, they either want you to cry or get mad or call them a name in return so that it fires them up. It's kind of like my mom, <laughs> you know, when my, when my mom is mad and she wants to talk and if you just shut up and don't say anything, it makes her even more mad, you know? So like, why aren't you saying anything? You know, I'm going to watch TV, you know? <laughs> so it's when you don't get that response, they, you know, that, you know, that actually came, that, that actually came from another girl too. I was writing the book. She said she does that. Her, her mom said she does it all the time. She just kind of will agree with what they say and it kind of shuts them down. It's kind of like, they don't know what to do about it. Then they're like, Oh, you know, she knows that she smells and she knows that her hair is dirty and <laughs> she knows that her dress is ugly. So, so what are, what are we going to say to this girl? You know? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. You have no friends. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, so I mean, I don't know if it'll work today. Like I said, I, it, it's a, I suppose it also could depend on as well. It might be different whether it's a boy bullying you or a girl bullying you too. I'm sure the girl who was um, talking about agreeing with everything that they say, she was probably having girls bully you. And, and girls tend to bully a little bit differently than boys do. I mean, a lot of girls were just kind of purposely exclude girls from stuff. And I mean, that's kind of a, a way to bully people too, is that I'm going to invite the whole entire class to my birthday party, but you, you know, I'm not going to invite you so that you stand out, you know, that, that kind of thing. Do you have any advice for people who feel left out, feel different, who are being picked on? The best advice I could probably give, and, and I this probably is not the the answer that you're looking for, but this is something that I have found out from just doing like the clown tours that we do. The best way to to fit in for me anyway is to do nice things for other people. Whether that is just going down the street, giving a candy bar to the homeless, or opening the door to a store, or visiting somebody like in a nursing home that you may not even know, just like take like a, you know, a flower to somebody because in turn, when you're nice to somebody else, it's the feeling that you get when you're nice to somebody that kind of helps you to heal inside. So intuitive, if you're being ignored and nobody's paying attention to you, it's the perfect way for you then to approach somebody else. Of course, most of us probably don't do that. But for me that yeah. that's kind of like this addictive thing. It's kind of like, you know, if I get to the point where, 
you know, I haven't clowned for like, say maybe a week. Um, then I'll get into my costume and I would just, you know, I'll go to Walmart. <laughs> you know, I don't care. Um, uh, uh, I mean, I can't look any worse than half the people at Walmart. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I'll just go into Walmart and then I'll just pretend like I don't know that I'm in my clown costume. I'll have these big clown shoes on and, you know, and I'll be having like these little rubber chickens hanging off of me and I'll just be like shopping, buying cereal or whatever, <laughs> you know, and just pretend, you know, so it's just kind of, it's just a way for it to, to, to be seen. And I, and I honestly, I think that a lot of us, that's what we want um, is we just want the right, the right people to see us. You know, we don't want to be bullied doing nice things for other people. That's in some respects why I kind of like organizations like the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, things like that, where they kind of teach children how to um, how to do nice things for other people. That's a great answer, because especially as a kid, when a kid goes out and does something nice to somebody else, that's probably going to be the first time that they ever felt appreciated by somebody. Mm -hmm. They're going to want that feeling again, and they're going to look towards more helping other people. So I think that's a great answer. And I never thought about that for an idea. That's an excellent way for kids to start getting that acceptance feeling. Yeah, I mean, you know, just, just that's what they're missing too when they're being bullied. You know, and like I said, I mean, you know, I know even from as a child, my my mom was, um, she was a, a nurse's aide, so she worked in a nursing home, and so you know, I didn't have friends like in school. I mean, I didn't love go hang out with kids at school. So on like the weekends, I would pop into where my mom works, and I would play like rummy with the old ladies up there. I do crafts with them and things like that. And they just love me, you know, and I was like, Oh, this is, you know, and granted that, you know, I was playing like, you know, with 80 year old people, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I was helping them pass their time. They were having a good time because, you know, they were, they were being stimulated, you know what I mean? Like mentally and stuff. So um, we had a great time. So that's kind of, uh, I, that's probably one of the reasons I work a lot with seniors now is just because I used to do that a lot growing up. And so I still do the same thing. I'll still go in and, um, we'll clown around and we'll bling chickens and we'll, you know, do all kinds of things uh, with the seniors, play bingo, things like that. Wrapping up, Bullseye, what is one thing you would tell a child who is being bullied? The, the main thing I would tell them is that it's not their fault. You know, I think sometimes uh, bullied children think that they're being bullied because of something that they did um, and it's not their fault. And I definitely would tell them to enlist the help of someone, even though I don't always think that telling someone is going to end it but i think that other people need to know about it so that something can be hopefully done about it you know just making sure that you're telling the right person mom and dad is a big help i as like i said i never wanted to tell my mom and dad but i would suggest telling your mom and dad letting them know that you know you're being bullied by somebody at school and hopefully they will want to do something about that to help you as well bullseye if people want to find you where can they find you at uh, everywhere. Okay, so you can find me um, at my website, which is bullseyetheclown.com. If you're wanting to know kind of where I'm going as far as my mission work goes, uh, I started my own company called Clowns on a Mission. So you can visit me at clownsonamission.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, just look up Bullseye the Clown. But keep in mind, there's two of us. There's a scary looking one and then there's me. Uh, <laughs> so so look for the look for the cute one. <laughs> And uh, also, I'm Bullseye Clown on Instagram. So those are the places that they can find me. And if they want to find my book, they can find my book. It's called Bullseye on Bullying, um, Your Blueprint to Beating the Bullies. And that's on Amazon.com. As for me, I'm Tim Flynn. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And join us next week as we continue this conversation.